0: All right, everyone, find your seats once again. We'll start another lesson. Uh, But before we begin, uh, first, in case you have forgotten, my name is John Christopher Kringle. I am teaching you as a module for your history class and for civics as well, I suppose, um, the meaning of the true meaning behind one of the... um, memetic tuned, which has arisen, arisen because of the recent uh, reintroduction of the, the season or celebration or commemoration of Christmas here on the Ark ship. Um, now, yes, Melvin, I'm going to get to the notes. Thank you very much. You can sit back down. Melvin's uh, parent, uh, mother, right, and your grandfather, yes, sent in some very helpful notes uh, based on Melvin's report of the previous um, previous session. Um, I have them here. Uh, Melvin's mother uh, is, in fact, a cryptobotanist. Which, uh, sorry, I, you're right, Melvin, I got that wrong. Cryobotanist. <laughs> Now that I understand entirely what the difference is. And uh, Melvin's grandfather is a bios- uh, cryobiologist. I, I corrected myself, Melvin. No need to. You can put your hand down, Melvin. And uh, they pointed out that there were certain inaccuracies in my first um, class uh, based on uh, my interpretations of how the lyrics were expressed. And, of course, um, while I respect their opinions, uh, I must also uh, cautiously uh, contradict them. uh, And hold on now, Melvin. Uh, Your mother and your grandfather are, are nice people, I'm sure, and very educated in their field. But my field of paleoliterature and also the occasional archaeotechnology examination... Um, deals with a different kind of truth than, you know, your parents are often engaged with. So it may actually have been um, not a small humanoid covered in hair, as I suspected the partridge is. Uh, There was also some some debate among some of the scholars about whether it was a, a partridge, Uh, and in fact referred to some sort of barnacle that was growing on top of this tree. I I don't think that that one held very far. Um, The word does not seem to be a portmanteau that that, uh, has survived in any other form, uh, except for in reference to some sort of biological entity. But instead instead of being a humanoid in form, it is in fact uh, uh, avian in form, uh, which is another form of of Living Creature. Um, Most of you will not have heard anything of it. It will become relevant in today's lesson as well, but um, I was incorrect in calling it humanoid. It does not have a humanoid shape, but in fact an avian shape, and there was not actually stiff hair. It was feathers, which are not not entirely dissimilar from hair from some of the reading I was doing last night, but uh, I I assume that... um, that uh, Melvin's mother would uh, sorry, Melvin's grandfather would agree um, with my rough estimation of it. And in terms of the pear tree, you're right, Melvin. Uh, your mother did send a specific note about the pear, pear tree, and apparently it was a it was a, a rigid plant that could produce uh, edible fruit. I know. All fruit is edible. As you order it from the machines, the cornucopia delivers uh, fruit to you, usually in cube form. Uh, This was different. It just grew. Um, Yes, Samantha? No, no, Samantha. Not like mold. Your father and mother work in maintenance, don't they? Yes, well, okay. You would have heard all about that kind of growing thing. No, it's not that at all. It was something much more pleasant, which is why they would gift it to someone uh, on that on that um, occasion. So now, um, on the second day of Christmas, so say if the original lyrics and uh, some of the translations are a little bit vague as to um, whether they were talking about actual day as in daybreak or whether they meant you know just sometime during that day. Anyway, on the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me, and and we'll, we'll talk more about the sentiment of true love and how it differs from uh, the sort of arranged uh, elements we have in society, which help to uh, continue the, the, the population as such. Yes, I'm sure I'll hear from your father, Melvin. He's a doctor, isn't he? Okay, well, we'll, we'll deal with that at a later date. Anyway, there's the first line uh, on the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me. Two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Now, we're going to see that this accumulation of uh, things. uh, In the original sense, I think that they were not talking about uh, the the repetition of these particular gifts on every subsequent day because it would lead to uh, a devastation in any sort of uh, supply circle to have such a tremendously multiplying... uh, um, uh, a gift uh, delivery. So uh, we're going to assume that the partridge in a, in a pear tree uh, referenced here and in subsequent uh, stanzas of this particular uh, uh, oral repetition uh, are not actually new elements that are being added on, but rather are elements that were previously gifted, and so we won't really address them. Um, it's it's arguable, perhaps, that. Um, that it is a sort of re-emphasis and perhaps a reinterpretation of each of these things, uh, in the, the the guise of the the, the day. Um, the the exact uh, interpretation of what each day itself actually means is another uh, quite uh, brisk subject at the moment. Uh, the reintroduction of the uh, celebratory period of Christmas has 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 tremendously invigorated many of the Oxford scientists. To, uh, to dig into this, as well as the populace, there's a considerable number of new dramas that are being uh, displayed uh, across the ship. And um, their interpretations, I must say, are far worse than mine. Um, they're taking grand liberties with everything, whereas I'm taking uh, what I hope to be a bit more of a rigid interpretation. So, for this second verse... Uh, there is the introduction of something called a turtle dove. Now, uh, and again, uh, I'm sure your grandfather will be able to enlighten us, Melvin. Perhaps we should have your grandfather speak to the class. On these things, but it is clear that this is some sort of uh, some sort of manufactured, uh, created creature. We have literature that um, references turtles, and uh, others that reference doves. Now, in this case, we do have the humanoid turtle, and we have the the, the avian dove. Again, another creature of that particular ilk. I was careful this time, Melvin, uh, with respect to your parents' notes, to in uh, your grandparents' notes, to um. To to do a little bit more interp- uh, investigation as to the dove. Now the dove was a symbol of peace, uh, and the turtle was a symbol of uh, of slowness and stability. And clearly, this was meant to represent um, virtues. Uh, that were intended to be communicated during this particular um, this particular uh, overture to the person that they loved. Um, it would be weird if they were literal literal creatures, and that is indeed the the initial interpretation that most have taken that these were actual manufactured creatures that could both fly in the air and swim in the sea, had both a shell and um, and wings with the feathers. Um, But it seems as though the tight controls around some of the research and genetic engineering around the time would have prohibited it from being uh, um, a likely outcome. Now, whether there would have been less scientific methods of crossbreeding, we cannot know. Um, This does come from the prehistoric time, uh, sometime in the uh, 20th and 19th centuries, most of this has been reinterpreted from, although there's evidence that this is actually even older than that and possibly even predate some of the more modern uh, medical science uh, breakthroughs that we have. So uh, in those cases, it would either have been some sort of fantastical interpretation of of, uh, perhaps a a shadow falling across uh, two creatures that seem to be merged in the fanciful imagination of the particular uh, composer in this case. But uh, we're going to leave that aside, and and in in my much more careful... um, Paleo-liter- literature uh, examination, uh, assume that this is more metaphor for the, uh, the actual relationship itself. So slow, steady, stable, and uh, peaceful and taking to wing. So uh, clearly young love in its earliest formation. Again, we'll talk more about true love when we come to a particular day, which I think this will be a little bit more uh, relevant to. So there you go. That's the lesson for today. If any of your parents, or indeed your grandparents, or your great-grandparents, if they're still active in these different fields... If they do have questions, uh, you can feel free to have them address me directly. Uh, there's no need for you to ferry the the messages back and forth. Uh, this is a, a an examination than fantastical literature. So uh, while I, rec- uh, I recognize and and welcome those particular criticisms, it's important to remember that this is mostly the domain of of. Uh, of an interpretive fiction uh, so forth. So, thank you for joining me at the library today. Thank you for your lesson. This is your your second lesson in this. We only have 10 more to go, and by the end of all of this, I hope you'll have a proper interpretation of not only how this song has some uh, some translation issues uh, from the times it was created in, but also how it illuminates the thinking process of these odd people uh, from whom we are descended but from whom we are very distant so that's all for today um, be sure to uh, to um, uh, leave in an orderly manner and if you wish to feel free to read ahead um, there is also uh, a number of musical interpretations of this particular one and I would recommend that you you have a chance to look at them and perhaps even read them and listen to them uh, perhaps share them with your parents and your relatives in the family with much expertise, and I'm sure it will all go very well. Till tomorrow, thank you very much, children, for attending.